What is up, y'all? Welcome to Wednesday Night Wrestling. Opening up with Raven's old WCW theme. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We talk some wrestling. We're talking about AEW, Forbidden Door. We'll talk about what's going, all that shit that's going on with Vince. And I have a great guest tonight. Someone who could, you know, be a member of Raven's Flock, I think, back in the day. <laughs> Brian from Street Fight, how's it going? Great. I did love Raven back when I was, uh, I actually hated him, but I loved him. Like, you know, like, because he was a heel, I thought, oh, what a, but I thought he's like the coolest looking dude. And uh, I like the flock. I thought the flock was really cool. I wish they would have done more with him. Yeah, that that was, I was just thinking, like, there's not a really good dirtbag faction in AEW. Not really. Like you have the a Blackpool D- Combat Club is getting there with Eddie and and proud and powerful and and uh, well, it seems like I think they're probably adding somebody that's going to be less dirtbag. Yeah, yeah, they're a little bit too highfalutin about the wrestling to be dirt to be true dirtbags. Like you have to not care. You can't care about wrestling to be a true dirtbag fa- uh, faction. Yeah, you got to get like. Eddie Kingston and a few other people could be a really sick Eddie Kingston, proud and powerful, and uh, just give them a huge push, and uh, <laughs> that would be the shit. That's a good faction. I'm As- trying to think of who else could be in it, uh, but I can't. So I, I feel like you know you talk, think about dirtbag factions. Uh, dirtbag factions. Impact always has good dirtbag factions, and I was thinking. I wanted to ask you about this. Impact, is it, it the most new metal pro wrestling company? That last paper, I want to get Slammiversary. I think I'm going to get Slammiversary. Oh, watch it, it was good. It's so highly reviewed. Yeah, and they do the craziest shit in the world. I mean, doing doing the bad match steps from like the past was so genius yes and making them good it was like postmodern wrestling like they acknowledged the fact that yes our show used to suck and and be crappy but like we always had talented wrestlers and they always put on a good show and we can and we can take those same crappy matches and put on something good with them like the women's king of the mountain match the king of the mountain match is the most absurd concept like you can think of for a wrestling match it makes no sense whatsoever but the match was actually riveting and i think the clip went viral of uh chelsea green and uh dana diana perrazzo going through uh off the ladder from the ring through the table in just this amazingly sick spot yeah yeah i like i i mean i got i love the monsters ball match oh i think that is just one of my favorite things i'm so glad to hear when i think about the concept i was like i bet brian likes this a lot i bet brian likes this a whole lot because it's like uh they they make the guy they lock the guys in a room by themselves for 24 hours before the match like they're in solitary confinement and then they bring them out, <laughs> and yeah. that, and to, and so they they're like in there like they're at their most animalistic. They've reverted to their reptilian mind, and they're just ready to kill the next person they see. Yeah, it it's just well, I mean, yeah, that card was cool. I should have ordered it. I the fucking thing is like, if it's not an AEW pay per view, then I can't. My wife is like not gonna sit there while I watch it like a paper because there's a pay-per-view every weekend pretty much yeah i would get into <laughs> but my wife would just be like no no especially i think she would really draw the line at impact i think i think that even though like i said i i hear it's good now yeah it's uh, very good there's guys in it that i'm not like a huge fan of but you know it's not bad yeah you know who i like and it's really I don't know. I, I wish there was a restorative justice element in the world right now because I I like Moose a lot. Like I think Moose is so good, and it sucks that nobody's gonna nobody will use him. You know? Yeah, he uh he, yeah him in the Monsters Ball match. Uh, 
women's match, the women's tag uh, titles match, and uh, they had a big match where they had like all the old Impact guys come back. So there was like Magnus from NWA, from a- Kazarian Kane from AEW, like and that, again, and they were all against the former Ring of Honor guys. I'm like. This is a pretty huge match. This is Impact has tons of talent. Like they've had like Jay White on their on Impact like every episode for like the past um three or four weeks now. You know, they have really top tier world class talent all over the place. Taya Valkyrie. Uh, she won the tag team titles with Rosemary, actually. I, I just love her. I think she's like f- absolutely phenomenal. And she's and she's uh just issued a challenge, I think, uh, against um did she issue against Thunder Rosa? So there may be a little bit more uh, crossover between AEW Impact coming. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be. Uh, uh, I think it seems like it's going to be. Impact is picking up steam. You know, you kind of hope people grab onto it. Uh, who knows, really? Like, I don't know what it takes to get people to watch wrestling, I <laughs> guess. Like, more wrestling. And. Uh, you know, it would be nice if they could get it, but it's just, uh, you know, well, it would... impact is a tough one because when you have uh, burned people so many times, yeah. I mean, it's like WWE. If somebody like started telling me WWE is good now, like it, I wouldn't just immediately start watching WWE <laughs> at that point. Like yeah. it would take time before I would be like, okay. Yeah, I guess I'll watch it because I just I don't trust them. I don't trust it as being good. I they nothing they've done has been good for fucking ten years. Why would they start now? I would say twenty, but you did mention it, and we gotta mention it. Uh, the ongoing shenanigans over there at the WWE Corporation board trying to push Vince out. Vince announced that he's stepping down as CEO in a purely ceremonial um, gesture because after he steps down, Stephanie comes back and Stephanie, as we all know, will do whatever he is going to be doing what he wants to do. Uh, and further sign of that was that John Laronitis, when he ha- uh, takes a leave of absence as a head of talent relations, they bring in Vince's biggest stooge in the world, Bruce Pitt Pritchard, as head of talent relations. So nothing is actually changing o- over there. I think he just took a step down as a CEO to get the, like the money, uh, like journalists off of him. Yeah, I mean the the Pritchard thing's funny because Stephanie actually fired him in the past. Like, so it's pretty clear. That she does not like him. Yes. <laughs> and she appointed him. And then it like really was, it was really, it's really funny. Like Triple H has also run talent relations in the past. <laughs> <laughs> he maybe could have done it. I don't know. Oh the guy God. seemed to like him. but <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Wow. <laughs> I think he ran it for like almost a decade maybe. I don't, I don't know. He ran it for a while. So it's like he, they could have maybe had him. But Vince is just. He ain't putting up with any Triple H anymore. No. So, and then there was a thing today that said Triple H went down to the Performance Center and said, I'm back. So, like, he's down there doing who knows fucking what. Uh, definitely not booking a show. That's for sure. I, I said, Brian, it's too bad that the people who watch Succession are, such ner- are too nerdy to watch pro wrestling. Because they would be loving this shit. It's basically like exact the same shit that happens on that show. It's actually happened in real life, in real time with Vince McMahon over what is ultimately, uh, Brian, as you know this, one of the least ref comprehensible things he's done in his career like this is like this is the thing that's causing him chaos though like he has done so much worse stuff uh than this he's done actual sex crimes not like these this is like consensual i guess probably maybe who knows he's a boss or whatever yeah. but you know uh he's done actual like sexual assaults i believe and uh, cover them uh, up the and place yeah, yeah, at the tanning place in uh, in Florida, and also you know Rita Chatterton, the referee, uh, and you know among the other millions of things. That's what I think. Like, if the press really takes this thing seriously, 
he's fucking going down and nothing's going to save him. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? Like, I just, I discovered something um, myself. This uh, old wrestler, Brickhouse Brown, who worked for WWE, I guess in the late 70s, early 80s, and was like kind of a rising uh, star there for a little bit. Um, but he talked about his run in with Pat Patterson on this like shoot interview clip that's, you know, maybe, you know, a hundred thousand wrestling fans have seen. But if anybody outside of wrestling heard this clip, like they would be calling for like Vince McMahon's head for how they like actually put Pat Patterson on that reality show with Roddy Piper. He was one of his victims. And like just to knowingly do that and, and repeatedly honor this guy. Like, yeah, Vince would go down if uh, mainstream journalists just actually like watch Dark Side of the Ring. I mean, all they I mean, you Google the fucking guy's name with pretty much any scandal and he's going to come up. It's crazy. It's stupid. It sucks because you know what? You know what else is stupid? Comic book movies. But if something fucking bad happened at Marvel, they would take it fucking serious. Yes. You know what I mean? But like if Kevin Feige did something like really evil, it would be on the it would be in the paper. And it's like. What is wrestling like lower culture than that shit? I don't think so. I think <laughs> Not it's at all. right on the same fucking level. And the succession thing's really good. I, I really think that they should some I don't know why somebody isn't writing a thinly veiled oh, yes. sort of uh version of a, a pro wrestling company that's publicly traded and all that stuff. Yeah, it's you, not. You could easily WWE. do a prestige. You could easily do a prestige drama about like basically any pro wrestling company. But the McMahon's would work. The old Territory Days would work. Local Indie Fed would work. I know they got the show Heels, but I feel I from my the previews it seemed to me like it wasn't nearly as like dirty and nasty as sexy Dude. as like real indie wrestling is. Like they pulled their punches on it. Dude, I got to tell you, I watched the first episode and the very first scene, the uh, Booker is writing down each wrestling move on a fucking typewriter as he's writing the show for the night. So he's like, choke slam. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, no. No. Come on, man. And Stephen Amell knows better. He knows better. He let the suits he's win. Wrestled. He let the suits yeah. win. He let the suits tell. Well, how did they come up with the moves? Like, well, they improvise them. The wrestlers, like, they, they just come up with it on the spot. No, people aren't going to believe that. You got you to gotta show the guy writing the script. It's real soap opera y, too. I, I just couldn't get through it. It's, it's maybe more of a soap opera thing than it is about wrestling. It's weird because there's a bunch of like, st that's been the other weird thing about the WWE thing, right? Is that like, they, they are making a shitload of content for WWE coming up. And like, there are two Vince McMahon series that are in production with the ringer did a Vince McMahon doc series. Yes. And uh Bloomhouse is making a Vince McMahon steroid trial like mini series and it's like man, I don't know if things if if things fall the right way like that shit ain't coming out. Yeah, like, it ain't coming. Yeah, that's the thing. It ain't coming out. Now, me, people might hear what we just said and think, oh, well, these documentaries are going to have a lot of juicy details. Like, no, the Netflix uh, documentary, Stephanie McMahon is, like, producing it. Like, it's a positive portrayal of Vince McMahon. This man who has, again, Dark Side of the Ring is just a true crime series about Vince McMahon. How you then, like, produce, like, a hagiography about him. It's absolutely bizarre, but I actually don't think that Netflix thing can come out because, uh, like, Stephanie McMahon was just, like, glowing about it when she was talking about it, like, two months ago, you know? It's like that Hogan movie. That shit ain't coming out. Ever. The Chris Evans Hogan movie where he's like, I haven't shot anything yet. And it's like, yeah, you're never going to shoot anything. <laughs> it's not going to be made. Chris Evans. If you make a Hogan movie, if you make a Hulk Hogan movie and you don't address him like saying the N-word and all that stuff, I mean, nobody... I think you, I think it, you could do it in a really funny way, but you gotta wait until Hulk Hogan is no longer around to embarrass you at the PR stuff. I think that's the real key about it. Like you got, we unfortunately you gotta wait for Hogan to pass before you can uh, do anything about that. Making these glowing hagiographies about anybody in pro wrestling oh. is just. That's a fool's errand, man. It's like Ric Flair. It's like you oh. think Ric Flair was a fucking sex creep. I mean, shit. It wasn't that hard to figure out.
you know? And it's like every, I just, you, if you're going to make a documentary about a pro wrestler, it's going to have to be more true crime. Yeah. Because you want to cover your fucking bases. You know what I mean? God, These I'm, guys I'm, are not. I mean, it's a carny business for dirtbags. It's like I'm actually going through the list greatest wrestlers of all time and trying to see like one who could make like a really good biopic story. I like I don't know, maybe CM Punk, maybe, but I, well, it's not really that. There's not that much drama in it. I don't know about that. Maybe maybe his return to AEW and you end with him winning the title. That could be a movie after he's out of wrestling for seven years. That's a nice, you know, kind of clean cut movie. There's nothing you really have to cut out about it, really. I feel really, I'm like really interested in, I was saying this yesterday, the WWE documentaries suck. They're all bad. Even, I watched the Undertaker one, The Last Ride, um, and they, you know, if, you know, if you're going to say sports entertainment in a documentary, I'm not going to take you seriously. This isn't a real <laughs> documentary on. because everybody says wrestling. Yes. And um, I, I was talking to my buddies last night on the Bad Wrestling Podcast about, like, who could they make a, a Michael Jordan-esque documentary about that I would be interested in? And I thought of one guy, and it's only because... I want to see him act like a human. I want to know what happens behind closed doors, and that's John Cena. Because <laughs> I, I don't think he's a human being. Yeah. You know? I don't think he has genuine feelings. And stuff. Yeah, no, not at all. Like, he's a very strange, very weird guy. I, I found this clip. Let me, I'm going to pull it up. Uh, actually, Brian, why don't you tell people where they can find Street Fighter Radio why I, uh, I, find, I, I find this uh, John Cena clip? Ah, go to uh, Street Fight Radio, or actually, just go to Murder X Brian on Twitter, and uh, in my bio, I have both of my shows, uh, Street Fight Radio and the POD Cast. Uh, it's a little something for everybody, you know. You want politics, you go Street Fight. You want new metal, you go POD Cast. And then I am considering getting in the wrestling podcasting area, but I'm trying to figure out the most low impact possible way I can do it. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like, I, I have ideas. I, I, I do have like a very specific type of opinions on wrestling that I think. Under the WWE. Uh, all right. So. Uh, oh, this clip. I know this clip. Okay. So. Oh, but I wanted to ask you a uh, POD cast. I don't know if Mars Volta falls in the wheelhouse, but they're back, baby. They're going on I tour. I did hear they're back. I did hear they're back. I I uh, don't like those guys. I love their music. I do not like those guys. I they like. Are, I think Cedric they are is so unlikable. funny. I think Cedric <laughs> is very is a very funny on Twitter. But uh, I think I just am mad because he was supposed to. He canceled like four times <laughs> on me, and then when I finally got to go see him, it was awful. Uh, and I was just like, oh, great. Okay, well. That was great. I'm not a jam guy, though. You know, I, I, I mean, I mostly listen to like two and a half minute garage <laughs> rock songs. That's like my whole thing is like I just like poppy garage rock. So, all right. So here's this John Cena clip from Howard Stern. We know that uh, Vince McMahon, who is the founder of the WWE, he's, yep. the, he's the big cheese. He is the guy. He will own your name. Yep. He will. He gets a cut of all of your movies, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Is that the way it works? That's yep. what The Rock told me. Yep. Does that bother you? Absolutely not. Should he? Is he entitled to a cut of your movie action? Absolutely. Howard, before this, I was a, a kid in a small Massachusetts town uh, mowing lawns for a golf course. I don't mind kicking a percentage of my uh, my earnings to the person who gave me a chance and an opportunity. In Vince, in a sense, is your sensei. He's the exactly. one who really exactly. got and you if, going. If, if anything, that's a that's a sign of respect. I owe that guy a lot. And <laughs> You're grateful. What, what no, name absolutely. does he own of yours, though? It, that's my government name. He owns what's called intellectual property. Right. He owns John Cena. Absolutely. That's not your real name. No, that's my government name. <laughs> and he owns it. Well, it's it's a weird concept, but in a way, yeah. <laughs> Oh he owns the name. In so other words, you won't be able to be yourself if you leave Vince. Yeah, which is kind of cool. I can get another identity. So <laughs> technically, John Cena is not a human being. Technically, he is. Uh, he is not. He John Cena is IP owned by Vince McMahon in perpetuity, and he likes it. He's, he, he likes it. I he owe thinks him it's my cool. Name. Yeah. 
You were not mowing fucking lawns. You were in UPW with Samoa Joe, my dude. You were you were a wrestler. What is he? At? Why is he lying about this? Why would, is he? That's a Vince thing. I think Vince makes people. You know, obviously Vince doesn't want anybody to know about the Indies. You know. Oh, he just plucked me off off, off the Catholic Church mowing the lawn or whatever or the fuck. <laughs> no, no, John, don't lie to people. But we played we played Howard. You know we who we got on the line. We gotta get him here. How's it going, Hansi? What's up? What's going on, man? Um, nice to be on with you guys. Um, yeah, what the cold? That, that clip is that, that clip is crazy. You know, you know what's uh, not going to age well if like I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if there's like ever like a steroid thing with John Cena, there's in that same interview, one of the callers, regular callers, Joey Boots, he starts questioning John Cena about steroids. Yeah, and then and then no. no Everyone pretended to believe him, but only one like Fred didn't believe him. And John Cena was getting like really, really defensive. It was actually it was, like really, really, really funny. So I, I, I was saying I th- th- that clip will age horribly if like I, rem- I remember that that went viral when a uh, viral at the t- what viral was at the time. I remember that. I think that one's gonna come back. You're right about that. Well, yeah. Uh, so yo, I'll I don't just think say about- care as much about steroids. I, I do think. Like, if it comes back, it'll come back on Vince. I, I think everybody knows John Cena's doing steroids. Yeah, no, 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 no obviously. It, it just, it's just a funny clip because, like, it's like everyone yeah. in the studio was afraid to, like, uh, disagree with John Cena. Like, the only one guy that had the balls to actually disagree with John Cena. So I thought that was funny. But um, about the, yeah. other, the, the other Vince stuff, like, whenever this stuff happens, I'll, I'll, I'll get to Forbidden Door before I go. But the, the Vince stuff, like, dude, like, I used to just think that, like, maybe because the Attitude Era was just over and they're just trying to get everything out. But, like, now, it, like, between clips of, like, Stephanie McMahon in 2003, like, claiming Vince McMahon pimped her out to, as, as 17 to business associates or bringing up stable sexual sexual allegations and storyline and all that. And, like, and Vince, like, I, I tagged you in this post, Leslie. I don't know if you saw it, but, like, Vince is, like, going through, they did a sketch of all the people Vince may have fucked on the roster. And then they, they bring out Molina, they bring out Sonny, they bring out Mae Young, and they bring out a bunch of dudes. It's like, dude, like, like it, you, know, you know how they're trying to use rappers' lyrics against rappers? Like, if you're going to use <laughs> Vince McMahon's art against him, this guy would have the death, death penalty. <laughs> he would. He absolutely would. And and before I go, I just want to say that um, with Forbidden Door, I'm not saying the show's not going to be good. Like I like, I'm, I'm going to like most of the matches. I just think the build, like I, I get it's the first show and there's been roadblocks, but I just think the build has kind of been a mess. And I think like Tony Khan doesn't know how to like, like he's trying to find the balance between building up like Forbidden Door matches, but then also keeping other storylines in check. And I just think that like with the way that it's been going on, like I I, I understood that we weren't going to get our dream matches and all that, right? But I just think overall the build has been kind of like clunky in my personal opinion. But over like overall, I think the show will be good. I just think, I honestly, I think a lot of the stuff that's happening with, with uh, AEW is, is going to serve for when MJF comes back, because, like, ever since MJF left television, whether it's, like, coincidental or by design on some level, everything is literally falling apart. So this just adds to MJF's promos when he does come back. And I'll, and I'll leave you with that. And, by the way, Christian's promo was top-notch today, by the way. Anyways, peace out. Yeah, All right, thank it. you so much. So, yeah, I loved tonight's Diamond. I think this is one of my favorite ones I've seen, but there was, but what you are saying, I, I, a lot of people were saying the build to Forbidden Door wasn't good. I disagree with them until I saw the last segment and it became with the big, you know, smudge at the end where everybody's fighting. The problem with this show is that it's supposed to be New Japan versus AEW, but it's not. It's a bunch of heels versus faces. Half are in New Japan, half are in AEW. It's all mixed up. It it does like if you're going to do a cross promotional show, it should be two promotions going at it. With those being the two clear lines uh, to line up on, like who the fuck was the face or the heel in all in what was going on at the end of the end of the show tonight? Like no, like it was just like chaos. So I understand now, like why people feel like the build wasn't good enough because they're not really selling New Japan versus AEW. It's just like a bunch of different matches they're all very interesting but it doesn't really capture that interpromotional vibe you know i think i didn't like the build for this show 
Uh, I do think that, like, if it were up to me and I was building this show, I, I think the best possible situation would have been just to announce a bunch of dream matches and let that be the build. Yeah. Rather than trying to do angles. Yes. For all of these interpromotional matches. It, like, just doesn't even make sense to me, like storytelling-wise, not to just say, like, okay, it's an interpromotional feud, so we got this guy against this guy and this guy yes. against this guy. And, like, uh, then you don't even have to build, and you can continue to build to All Out or whatever the next big pay-per-view is for AEW. Yes, it was That's so, what I think they should have done. Yeah, so weird they were playing the will-they-won't-they they with, like, Jay White's match and Okada's match. Like, just tell us who they're wrestling so we can start getting excited about it like i didn't that didn't make any sense like i, I don't yeah, know none of the build none of the build made a lot of sense to me I, I i thought this was a pretty rough build uh but i also think they got snake bit i mean they got hit with so much stuff they got a ton of injuries to like top guys and then they also like the cmll stuff kind of hurt the card because andrade versus will osprey would have been a pretty sick match if they could have done it yeah so i you know you can't really be mad at them if, you know, they plan to kick ass card. It just sometimes shit happens and, you know, they got to get through this one and then they can start working on all out. And, um, you know, it seems like they got some hot stuff like lined up. The the Christian thing was great. Oh, that, that Christian, Christian promo where he's, oh my God, where he calls out the dead dad of Jungle Boy amazing stuff from Christian. I love Christian so much. When I was watching this promo, I was just thinking, wow, he should be in movies. Like, he should have been, been the villain in, like, one of the Fast and Furious, you know, spinoffs, at, at the very least. Like, he is, like, he just has a presence and a delivery that I just love. And I, I, I and his, his wrestling um, during his little feud with Kenny Omega was top notch, I think. I, I thought he was better than ever. I'm glad to see Christian uh, back. Yeah, I mean, I was, I didn't. I felt like at the beginning of the promo, I was like, fuck, is this one of those WWE promos where you say, you, the fans, turned on me and and all that stuff. So I was a little, he treaded that line sort of, but didn't do it full on. And then he just went to, like, a lot of heat. <laughs> and uh, this match is going to be hot. I, I think people are going to be really excited for this match. And they got, like, two months to, like keep turning the screws and stuff like that oh and so, yeah i think it's gonna be great and i love the fucking they were able to gaslight luchasaurus into like hearing him out i thought that was so good i thought that was like just it's, great television it's also very funny because like i had been saying before i think it, the actual move to make was to turn uh jungle boy heel and have him turn on christian i i still think that would probably be the better way to go but he would have to be cutting these promos and i think that's where it's kind of like yeah you you probably want christian cutting the promos yes. and jungle boy just being a fiery baby face right now yeah, but just let I, him I go out jungle there and Boy's look pretty gonna, he doesn't have to talk he's gonna need a heel run someday to get rid of the jungle boy name if he wants to have a run at the title or anything like that i think he's gonna have to have a real run at some point i thought they were already tried they were just calling him jack what's his whatever his real name was they jack did it Perry. like for they did it for like two weeks they were like the jungle boy jack what's his face and then they stopped but i guess they're they're not they're not ready to make him a jungle man just yet yeah, they'll put they'll turn him heel at some point, and then he'll be he'll just be Jack Perry. It'll be one of those heel turns where he's like, "Don't call me Jungle Boy." So Why does he have to turn? You, you know? think he has to turn heel for that? I think he just I say, I, 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 think "I think so. he just say, I'm Jack Perry now." You know, I, I I like the name Jungle Boy. That's be my nickname. But you know, you can just call me Jack. I don't know. I think he's he. I think he's gonna need a heel run. I think I tend to also think that like young guys like that. Uh, it's always good to get a heel run in for him anyway. I think, in my opinion, I think it, like, uh, uh, I don't know. I think it makes you a stronger baby face if you've been heel at some point. It just, that's the way American wrestling works now and has since for a while because WWE doesn't know how to make baby faces. Yeah, I, I, so I, I'm I saying fuck that. I'm saying, that. I'm saying fuck that. Let him stay baby face. The, the, the people love him. People love that jungle boy. He can be a jungle man. 
I just he, I think I I think what I would say about that though is is that like he's definitely not as over as the other guys they call the pillars. I guess is what. Oh, that whole like, pillars a- thing is so phony. Anyway, go, first of all, the, we called them the four pillars because they upheld the greatest one of, if not the greatest wrestling body of wrestling that has ever been produced. Okay, there is not there. You can have a fifteen DVD set of the matches those guys had against each other. Okay, that's what the four pillars are. There is nothing like that in AEW, WWE, or really any, I mean, well, certainly not modern WWE. Certainly not, there's nothing in AEW like that. There's no people you can call the four pillars that had that good of matches against just each other that just has, could fill volume after volume. That's just not the kind of thing that's going to happen. I just think that when you do the four pillars thing when you say it, regardless of how anybody feels about if these guys are the pillars, you are saying these are four guys that are essentially on the same level who came in and there are projects. And then when one of them is way behind the other three, I think like it, it, it just it hurts the guy, period. Even even just them saying it makes him seem like he's on a. Uh, you know, a lower level than MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allen, who well, are on a higher level than him. Well, people always underrate Tawei anyway. But, Nick, how's it going? What's up? What do you think? Jungle Boy or Jungle Man? Uh, I, I am one of the people that you mentioned earlier that watches Succession but not wrestling, so I always feel really guilty calling into the show, like, kind of wanting to talk about something else, and I'm so sorry. Uh, oh, that's no problem. We got, we got a wide breadth of knowledge here. We can talk about absolutely anything, but thank I, you so I, much for calling. But I understand if this is your true passion, you need to keep it to a minimum because you m- would much rather focus on the wrestling thing. Like, I really, I do feel bad about commandeering it. No, no, please, please, please. We love to talk about anything. What's up? Okay, so, well, first, this isn't what I called about, but um, this is compelling that I get to see John Cena as kind of a weird victim of already uh, empathizing with his captor that, like, collected muscle men <laughs> like him and others, like Pokemon. Uh, so that's very interesting. Thank you for that um, insight. Um, no, but uh, the real reason why I'm calling is because uh, you full-on berserk-pilled me. Oh, hell Yes. Oh my god, I'm so I just, glad to hear that. I just finished the first 10 trade paperbacks, and due to kind of a misunderstanding on an online resource for reading them, I accidentally kind of read them out of order. I did the Golden Age first and the anime series alongside with it, and I gotta be honest, like, watching it and experiencing that way, I got really bummed out at times and didn't think I was gonna get through it, but then I realized I had accidentally looked over the entire Black Swordsman arc, and ah. I read all of that that also then loops into the very beginning of Guts's early life. And then, um, Leslie, I realized something about Berserk today. And, and that's that it's a, uh, an almost nihilistic fantasy s- series filled with death about a funny little thing called life. <laughs> yes, that's it. It's, it's really, you know, touching and warm. Absolutely the most horrific stuff you'll ever see. But it is still about people and friendship. And, and love and finding joy in the darkest times. I'm so glad that you got to check it out and enjoy it. And hey, there's new chapters coming like this week. Which I, I am interested about. And, uh, you know, I did... Uh, I'm going to sound like such a poser because I did all of the catch-up about uh, Kentara uh, Mura's life and, like, uh, his assistant's love for him and their, uh, you know... Uh, wanting to be so faithful to everything, which is why they deliberated so long with whether or not it should even be continue. It's, it's so sweet, but, like, again, other people have been invested in this for, like, 30 years, and I just showed up, like, after you podcasted about it. So, uh, hopefully I get to still be in the club, but... Uh, oh, yes, please. The more, the merrier. We love to have you on. It, hey, it's fine if you're a, a late latecomer to Berserk, because, hey, we're on a new journey together now, because we got these... New chapters coming. We may actually see the story end, which is something that no Berserk fan actually ever expected. Even <laughs> before Miura's health issues were known, like it was always like, no, it's just taking too long. But hey, I guess we are going to get a finish. So this is a new. So Berserk fans are having a new feeling as well. But Nick, thank you so much uh, well, for calling in and telling but, me about Berserk. I, 
I had two bits if you could entertain them just because uh, if, if you've got time. Oh, please, go ahead. Um, one, uh, and I haven't thought about, like, this is a, a real, like, a joke thought up in a minute that probably has a bunch of flaws, but I thought it was funny, which is, like, the reason why the true leftists are so mad right now is that the Democratic Party is our Gambino. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Jesus, like, we, that's we a trusted, dark war. We trusted that's them, but dark. ultimately, Leslie, they turned on us because it turned out that, uh, doing the thing, that, you know, living the politics that they were supposed to, maybe it turned out that it came a bit more naturally to us, and maybe yeah. we're, we're just a bit better at it. Yes, yes, they, they hate us because they ain't us. And uh, the other thing that I thought of, too, especially about the whole concept of it ending, and, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything, but at the end of the Black Swordsman arc, when it is this, like, showdown that actually, like, really parallels the end of the Golden Age one, you start to really feel for this, especially as, like, a grand commentary on life, because, like, this thing that's the root of all your pain and sorrow and mistrust in the world, you can muster literally everything that you have inside you, become within, like, an inch of destroying it finally, and for whatever reason, something keeps stopping you from doing it, and you get back up and you try to kill it again anyways. Yeah, Berserk, absolutely amazing series. If you have not checked it out, please do so. Brian, I know you don't get too much into the anime. Have you ever heard of no. Berserk? I have heard you talk about it. You've before, heard me talk about it. One of the first things that Brian ever told me about Brett was like, oh, yeah, when we were trying to talk about episodes of Dude Keller, was like, oh, yeah, Brett's always watching that weird stuff, like anime and stuff. I thought it was so funny that you described anime as weird. It is. It's very weird. It's weird to me. I had to have somebody explain all kinds of stuff to me. Like, I had a niece in uh, early 2000s that tried to explain it to me. I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I just... All I right. watch part of Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> all right. Well, Nick, thank you so much uh, for calling in and talking Berserk with me. We will. I will be doing more Berserk content in the near future, so listen out for that and don't be a stranger. Of course. I'm going to catch up to it. And uh, thank you very much again for hipping me to it. All right. For sure. For sure. All right. So, Forbidden, what else was on this AEW show? What did you think about the Marina Shafir match? I liked it a lot, actually. I really got into it, especially towards the end, Marina versus Thunder Rosa. I dug it, and I really, really dug the segment. That made me really excited to see Thunder Rosa versus uh, Tony Storm. That I was super hyped for that. I'm really like, I like Tony Storm a lot. Like she's so I don't good. think I liked her back in the back when she was on her indie run. I don't think I had like much time for her, I guess. But uh since she's been in AEW, I think she's been like like truly fucking impressive. Yeah. Like like I don't know, she's she, she works really stiff. Uh and uh she's been very good. I I I kind of hope they put the title on her. Yeah, me great. too. I really like Thunder Rosa think she's having a good run but man tony strapped the rocket to Tony storm she is just like the fans like love her when they came back from that commercial break the crowd was going nuts absolutely nuts uh for her comeback she's just too good she's just too good not to uh, be the champ yeah and i i you know she shouldn't have lost the fucking owen hart cup but you know they can fix that now and just yeah. have her win this match and staying in the women's division, great promo by uh, the baddie section. I absolutely love it. Let me see if I can pull it up right quick. I mean, we didn't even mention Okada showed up tonight on AEW. That was amazing to see. Could not believe it. Like, uh, did not expect to see. And he looked great. He looked absolutely great out there. Like, absolute star. So did Tanahashi. You got me thinking maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing if uh, Tanahashi held the belt for a while. Like he looked, I think he could look pretty good as AEW uh, interim champ. I mean, put the title on Tanahashi and the other title on fucking uh, uh, Hangman or um, when oh. we thought it was Kenny Omega might be in there. Put it on Kenny Omega, but since he's not in there, I, I don't know. Put that tight. Switch the titles up. That would oh be fun. shit, that would be fun. The IWGP title. In the U.S. and the AEW or an AEW title in Japan, or would you want the wrestlers to change too? No, I think they can stick around and and be around for. It. I just think it would be really fun 
I mean, first of all, to do a crazy angle, I think, you know, we're kind of due for like a crazy angle. We deserve Um, it. Yeah, it's about time. This conservative Tony Khan needs to, you know, lighten up a little bit. Do some stuff, man. Air air it out. (laughs) Have some fun with it. All right, so I got this promo from the baddie section, which I thought like one of the best promos I've seen in a minute. Velvet of the baddies. Now, we can all sit up here and cry about Red Velvet, or we can understand the show must go on, and I am still undefeated. And, Sat, your alien-looking ass might think this is real funny because Red isn't here because of you, (laughs) but the joke is on you. And I have some breaking news. Drum roll, please. I said drum roll, man. (laughs) Guess what? We are looking for a new baddie, and if you want to be included, you have to do these three things. One, use the hashtag baddie search. Number two, in 140 characters or less, tell us why you should be a baddie. And number three... And to keep it one hundy. (laughs) Ha! Not everybody can grace the stage like us, and they're going to have to be a top-notch bitch. And number three, please, my sisters in Christ, keep the photos PG. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. And, and Tony, <laughs> cut the shit. I love it. I love Jade. I love Stokes. Love Kira Hogan. It's so funny. I love Jade, too. I, I think the baddies is, like, one of the best factions in the uh in the company yes yes brilliant idea female faction too you don't see a lot of women's factions in this company it looks like they're forming another one the kind of the other squad it made me feel like the uh, the athena promo and chris stadler lander promo remind me of like a amy heckerlin movie like clueless like these really i got the promo up right now we'll take a listen to it i like it i dug it I like We're the contrast between the two fa- factions. Oh my God, Tony! We heard, we yeah. heard that there's an opening to be a baddie. Oh my God! We could be sexy just like them. You too could get the opportunity to stand next to Jade and find out what she smells like. What? Or we could get the opportunity to be a top-notch bitch. But in all seriousness. It is very unfortunate to hear about Red Velvet's situation. And as sad as that is, Jade, your lace front must be fronting if you think we're going to back down. It doesn't matter if you get one baddie, two baddies, hell, 20 baddies. We are going to floor each and every one of those hussies that set forth in our path. Absolutely no one can get in our way. Stokely certainly learned that last week. Oh, when you smacked him in the back of the head. Exactly. (laughs) So go ahead and do your little baddie search. We've got ourselves the babe with the power, Willow Nightingale. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Jade. Cut the shit. I dig it. I like it. I like the slightly nerdier uh, team squad against the baddies. I, I, I like that. And Willow Nightingale, she's so good. So good. They haven't signed her officially yet, though. Oh, they will. They will. I, I think she's she could even be signed. Now he he has at times signed people and then held on to them for a while. Just held you know? back held back the tweet. Yeah, yeah. You never know. I, I mean, he. Uh, uh, I, I um, I like this. I like this story, and I think Chris Statlander finally uh, clicks with me. Oh so yeah, she good. is popping on all cylinders. I think her and Tony Storm had like have we have great chemistry. As well in in matches together, but yeah, I'm I'm liking where it's going. We need another match. The promos were great. The promos were great, but we need two matches a week. We need two matches a week from the women's division on Dynamite. Then we're, will we really have something going for us? So, Forbidden Door. What are your predictions, Brian? What's going to happen? Um, you know, I think all the matches are going to be great. I. You know, <laughs> I think the matches are all going to be good. I like, I can't think, the thing is, like, I know people are disappointed in the card, and I'm even one of those people that's kind of disappointed in the card, but when I look at the fucking card, I don't see a match that sucks in it. Like, I don't see a match that I think, this is going to fucking suck and drag the show down. You know, even like tonight, I got so amped about like Osprey versus Orange Cassidy after watching them go tonight. Like, I know, 
you forget Orange Cassidy can go. Like, I always forget that. But then when you see him, you're like, fucking damn, he can go. Every time. So crisp. He's so good. And let me tell you something. I am probably the biggest Osprey hater in the world. I think he's all right now. He's not as annoying. He's good. He's not as annoying. He's got it's just a bit tighter now. It makes a little bit more sense and it's a little bit less dancey choreography. Yeah, it's a little more stiff too. Working in New Japan, yeah. Over, you know, I, I I will always respect him because Paul Heyman offered him a contract live on an Evolve show, and he went to New Japan. So <laughs> that's I pretty will funny. Always respect him. That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty fun. That's funny as hell. I I love to see it. I want to mention that New uh, Tanahashi was selling like he was working an explosion taping like he really wanted to ham it up for the yokels i love when japanese wrestlers come to the u.s because so often they do that they change their style up to be very like southern wrestling style influence i love it yeah it's funny uh somebody in, in one of the chats on man was like it's so cool to see the the New Japan guys come out and be completely shocked by how loud the crowd is. Yes. Like, because they walk out into an arena and people are losing their fucking minds. You know, Okada looked like somebody. I I mean, that was probably the first time Okada's done like that kind of a run in in his in his career. I can't think of when else he would have done that in an arena in the United States. So it was very cool. It's very cool. I'm glad they got him. I, I think that like. Getting him and and then also, I mean, I think they should have maybe done Hiromu versus Darby, but putting them on with the dude, calling them the dudes with attitudes, first of all, really got me. And, uh, <laughs> you know what? I want Sting. I love Sting. I put him in a match, you know, with Shingo and he, I mean, putting him, putting Shingo, Hiromu, and. Uh, Darby and Sting together is is really inspired, and I think it's and against the Bucks and Red Dragon, I, that is like that's gonna be an incredible match. Yeah, and Sting has a history with New Japan, some great matches with uh, Rick Rude in the promotion, and several others as well. Yeah, I'm glad they got him on the card again. I want to see Darby versus Hiromu, but I'll let him slide. All right, folks, that was Wednesday Night Wrestling. Brian, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Tell us one more time where people can find you. Just go to uh, MurderXBrian on Twitter, and in my bio is links to all my stuff. All right, and I'm going to leave you with a clip of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, because in that Howard Stern clip, uh, the reason I found that John Cena clip is because someone said that the uh, Vince also owned The Rock's name, but that's not true, actually. Somehow the, the rock, rock would never. Well, actually, we don't know why exactly he did it, but I'll leave you with the clip. Maybe you can take a guess. For some reason, How- Howard and Robin talk over the rock, so he never explains how he was a- actually able to get ownership of the name. But I'll leave you with that. Thank you so much for listening to Wednesday Night Wrestling, for listening to Culture. Have a good one, folks. Thank you so much, Brian. You're welcome. Well, the rock, first of all, I got to tell you something, man. You tattooed half. You've got to do movies uh-huh. where a lot of times you have your shirt off, right. and sometimes they're period pieces where you play a guy back, you know, like in the Mummy. You, were, sure. you know, you, yeah, and maybe the tattoos would work in something like that, but oh, clearly, clearly, something else might. It might not. Some of us thought that they were just like paint-ons or something that you wore for the WWE, but you've taken half of your body, literally the whole entire upper half of your body, and tattooed it. No, it's just over, it's over my chest and my arm. It's it's a major piece. It is. It's real. It is. And it, it is very real. Yeah. What is? Let me see what you did there. Wow, that's major. How they and can't it, cover that, can they? It's just paint. They're just putting makeup on. It's like a um, it's like an airbrush. Right. And just uh, and it covers know. that completely. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Oh, wow. the, the the thing that takes the longest is just finding the the makeup to match my skin know, tone. Look, yeah. But it doesn't show up on camera at all. No, not at all. It's just completely good. Really. It takes about an hour. Now, what is that? It's a it's Samoan tattoo, and, uh-huh. and Samoan culture, it, it, tattooing is, is very big and very spiritual. And it basically, like, uh, everything that's important to you, like your family, your protection of your family, loyalty, and things like that. And in Polynesian culture, tattooing is very, very big. It's unbelievable. So when are you going to give up the WWE and do the acting full-time? Is Vince going to let you keep the name The Rock? I actually own it. Oh, you do? Oh, do how'd you get that? Yeah. Did you have to fight him for it? No, you know what? Honestly, it was an easy conversation. 
You're telling me you went to Vince McMahon's office specifically. Did you tell him what you wanted to talk about? Oh, I, this is how it went down. I, I went to him. I talked to him, and he knew, you know, what I wanted to do after wrestling because you know I, I've been able to accomplish a lot, which which has always been great for me. And Vince doesn't give away anything for free. I know he doesn't. No. So and I saw you in the movies. You were trying to move away to the Dwayne Johnson thing. No, I wasn't. I've always been billed as a rock, but I, I, over time, especially this past year. Uh, it's been a media thing. Like they've been, they've been writing and putting out there Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Dwayne yeah. the Rock Johnson. But oh, that's not your thing. But no, no, I no. Saw no. It in oh, the credits that, though. In the, the credits, Johnson? yeah. No, no, it's the Rock. Yeah, you sure? I'm positive. See, I heard Vince was making. <laughs> Vince positive. owns a piece of the movies that you're in because he owns the name The Rock and he owns you. That's what I heard. N no, I, I now I own the name The Rock and. But does he still own you? <laughs> yeah, he owns yeah. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> but uh, do you have to still wrestle? I what, do not. What would be no. the ramifications if you left wrestling? Could could Vince take back the name The Rock? No, no, no. I have my name. I own my name. And, and, wow. And all rights. And you it. didn't have to pay for it? I did not have to pay for it. Is Vince gone insane? No. Is this <laughs> unprecedented? No, it is. Really? Yeah. Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I feel that you're, tell, you're not telling the whole truth here. That, that, in other words, he gave you the name with the stipulation that you would do X amount of wrestling matches. No, no, that, no, no, not at all. My, my, my contract is up this year. I was shocked will that you, you renew? were back. I'm not too sure. You're not gonna. You're making tons of dough in the movies. <laughs> I'm not. I'm less not exposure, sure. the better. And you know what I mean. You got to lay yeah. back off that. I was shocked when really? um, no, no, he came back this year. There was a whole big promotion. I was like, he's going to wrestle again. He's yeah. a movie star. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I went back. I went back to the garden. That's amazing. What do you know about Vince that we should? I know. Yeah. It's not like There's that. Something going on. No, I, I can be honest with you. It was just I, I had the conversation. Say what? And I, I said, "This is what I want to do." What do you know about Vince? What I he went, okay. No, he. You know what? He, he just said, uh, "Howard Stern, very insightful." Do you ever like take any acting lessons or anything, or are you just do, winging it? No, no, no. I take a lot of acting. I have to work with a really good acting coach. Oh yeah, just to help me. Yeah, maybe you're yeah. the new Schwarzenegger. Ah. Can you believe how good your movie career is going? I mean, this is unbelievable. That's awesome.